0: Day, waiting on the promise. Does anybody love waiting for their gifts at Christmas time? Now, by the way, if you know a child that doesn't or is not going to have Christmas, will you tell me? I'm going to do everything I can. Now I leave on Thursday, so there's not a lot of time. But if you, I'll do everything I can to make sure they have Christmas, okay? That's just something a child needs to do, okay? I can't guarantee it, but we're going to do what we can, especially if they're in this church, okay? But every, do you anybody enjoy getting their presents at Christmas time? I uh, is anybody else feel like the, you should open your gifts on Christmas Eve besides me? Right? Nobody? Thank you, Randy. I appreciate you supporting me. I feel like it's a rule in my house that I get as the dad and the buyer of gifts I get to open all gifts on Christmas Eve. And then there should be a surprise gift waiting for me on Christmas Day that I did not know about. Right? Is anybody else like that? And 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 my wife, she's the opposite. She's a traditionalist. She feels like we should get up, have breakfast, talk about our feelings. discuss past Christmas memories, and the kids are like me. They're like, gifts, 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 right? And, and, and she, she has this four-letter word that she likes to use with us. It's called wait, right? And, and my wife, and, and, I'm, and I'm not making fun of her. I really, because, you know, I don't want anybody to think badly of her, because I love my wife. But she can say wait in a hushed tone that makes you realize, I need to wait. She goes, wait. There's power in that voice, right? And so, but I really, I really am waiting on that, on that gift because, because I buy the gifts, so I know what I got, <laughs> and I want to get it. And I want to play with it. When when my my son was younger, I used to take all of his games and play with them before I put them together to make sure they worked. Right? That was my job. My daughter, I couldn't do that because I couldn't play with the Barbie, you know, house and feel good about myself. Okay, I did a little bit because it was kind of cool, right? Barbie goes in and up the stairs and all that. but I lo- I had a hard time waiting on that gift because i I knew what was coming. I knew what I was getting, but I wanted it so bad, right? In Christianity and spirituality, we deal with the same thing. We know that the Lord is coming. We know that the Lord is coming back one day for us, right? We know that God is coming back, and man, I tell you what, if you don't realize that, then we are lost because the signs are all there, right? I mean, look at the world today. Look how crazy it is. It's it's accelerated in the past 20 years. There's things happening right now that I never, ever thought would happen, and yet here they are, right? And so we know, and some people have kind of given up, haven't they? Some people are like, who is this Jesus? I don't really believe in him anymore. I I don't trust that. He's never going to come back. That's where our faith comes in, right? We know that the Lord is going to come back until we get to the point like Revelation. Even so, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen? How many understand that the coming of the Lord is going to free us from all our financial burden, amen? How many understand that the coming of the Lord is going to free us from our pain, our sorrow, our trouble? Every day that we go through, every, every experience that we have that's negative, nobody's going to make fun of us in heaven, are they? Nobody's going to give us a hard time in heaven, are they? The bill collector's not going to make a long-distance call to heaven to try to get a hold of you, amen? That should make a shout right there, right? You ever had a bill collector call you? Don't raise your hands. (laughs) I've had them call me. They say, and they're all formal about it. Is this James Green? If they call me James Green, I know it's not somebody who knows me. Because that's my first name, James, right? And I'll lie. I'll say, no, this isn't him. He's gone. (laughs) No, I don't do that. But we're not getting a call from a bill collector, are we? We're not getting a call from family members wanting money. (laughs) We're not going to get called from people who are mean to us. We're going to be up there with heaven, amen? We're up there with Jesus. That is what our blessed hope this morning, amen? That is our blessed hope. Brothers and sisters, my message to you today My message to you today is that as we celebrate Jesus coming to earth the first time in baby form, we need to celebrate him coming a second time, coming to redeem us, coming to lift us up, coming to rapture us back to his glory. Amen. Let's see, I can tell that some of you have gotten discouraged by life and it's hard to Be excited about Jesus coming back because you're so weighed down, aren't we? Especially during the holidays. You know, holidays, they're joyous for some and they're sad for others because sometimes we think about people who have passed, don't we? We, we think about the people that we've lost, and it begins to get us sad. And what should be a joyous time becomes sad. And we think about all the pressure they're under to, to, to have this Christmas that we can't possibly fulfill. And we get our minds and our focus on the wrong thing. And we forget that a baby came into a manger and was born that would ultimately redeem us. Amen? That would ultimately free us from sin. Amen? we got to get our eyes. We got to get our eyes off the Christmas tree, amen? We got to get our eyes off the Christmas light. We got to get our eyes off all those things that think that it pertains to Christmas. And we got to get our eyes on the manger, amen? We got to get our eyes on the cross, amen? We got to get our eyes on the resurrected stone that rolled away. We got to get our eyes on Jesus this morning, amen? Amen. Get your eyes on Jesus. I'm going to talk to you this morning about a couple of people that you don't hear a lot of. I'm going to talk to you about Simeon and Anna. In Luke chapter 2, verse 25, this was just a few days after Jesus was born. They were taking Jesus to the temple to dedicate him, along with some other things that I'm not going to get into right now. Verse 25 says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the man was just and devout now i want you to understand the bible when it talk when it calls somebody who is just and devout it is saying that they're a good person there's a lot of people in this world that say they're good people but they're not what makes you good is serving god that's what makes you good okay now it doesn't mean that you don't mess up and you don't sin sometimes, right? If you hit your thumb with a hammer, you might not say, praise God. Amen? You might say something different. We all mess up. We all do things that we shouldn't do. But the Bible calls Simeon just, a just and devout man. And he was waiting. Look at your neighbor and say, waiting. Look at your other neighbor and say, waiting. Say, I'm waiting for pastor to finish. (laughs) Amen. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I'm going to take longer now. (laughs) That's right. We have all day. By the way, uh, we need to pray for those who are sick. Carlene is sick. My daughter is sick. Um, Alan is sick. Alan Quick, he's been sick. So let's, let's continue to lift them up in prayers. Nick and his family is sick. Let's continue to lift them up. But he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. So just like we are waiting, just like we are waiting for the Lord to come back, the Jews at that time were waiting for the coming of the Messiah. And because it had been over four hundred years since any the God had spoken to Israel, there was a, after Malachi, which Richard read this morning, uh, there, that was the last time that God spoke to the people. There was not a word from the Lord for over four hundred years. And people began to doubt. They began to to lose hope. And and the Greeks had come in and decimated the Jewish people. And then after them, the Romans came in and decimated uh, the people. And they were under subjection. They were under oppression. And they didn't know if the Messiah was going to come because they didn't hear from God. They didn't know what was going on. But this man, Simeon, this man, Simeon, was devout and just. And here's the key point here. The Holy Spirit was upon him. People ask me, do I need the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? And I love this. I love this. We don't have a Walmart here, but somebody said, you need a Holy Spirit just to go to Walmart. All right? Comparison, you need the Holy Spirit just to go to Fred Myers. Amen? You need the Holy Spirit just to go to Safeway. Amen? I went into Safeway. Don't tell your mama I said this. I went into Safeway. She's going to hear it, I know, but you don't tell her, Okay? I went into Safeway. They got everything tore up. I don't know where anything is. I went to where the plates used to be. Now the plates are on the other side of the store. And I threw a little temper tantrum. I said, I don't know where anything is. And then I realized I'm becoming, well, I'm not going to say my parents because I don't want to embarrass them. (laughs) I'm becoming my mom. You know, just the reality of it. I'm sorry, Mom, I am. I'm just becoming you. And I said, who's responsible for moving the plates? And then I realized what I was acting like, and, and I still did it anyway, right? And you need you need the Holy Spirit just to go to the bank, amen? And you need the Holy Spirit just to go to school, right? You need the Holy Spirit. And Simeon had the Holy Spirit, amen? He had the Spirit on him. He recognized the things of God, amen? Amen. Listen, you can't go through life and not recognize the things of God. There are things of God working in the church and outside of the church, and we need to recognize what God is doing. Amen? We need to recognize what God is doing. Because if you don't recognize it, you know what's going to happen? You're going to miss it. So Simeon was waiting for the constellation of Israel. In other words, he was waiting On the coming of the Messiah. Because they saw the Messiah as redeeming them. They saw the Messiah as delivering them from oppression. And ultimately that would happen, although not in the way that they thought. And I'll get to that in just a moment. But he knew what was happening. And then then you have this other person. And I I love this. Because God represents both genders here. He has a man, but he also has a woman. Her name was Anna. And this is what he says about Anna. Verse 37, this woman was a widow of about 84 years old. Now think about that. She's an elder, isn't she? She's an elder. You know what blesses me? And I mentioned this last week when I see our elders worshiping. That blesses me. Because you know when I see an elder lift their hand, I know what they've been through and they're still worshiping. That tells me there's hope for me, amen? Elders don't stop worshiping, amen? Don't stop worshiping. We need to see you do that. And so the woman was about 84 years old, and look at what she did. She did not depart from the temple, but served God. Oh, praise God. I hate it when people tell me I'm I'm too old to serve or I've done my time. No, that's nowhere in Scripture. That's a lie of the devil, okay? She served God with fastings and prayers night and day. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Man, that's what we need our elders to do, don't we? That you may not be able to come up here and preach. You may not be able to go out and evangelize, but you sure can fast and pray. Amen. You can sure pray for your pastor. Amen. You can sure let people know. Elders, you can come up to people. You can come up to people unlike I can. You have a different way of doing You can come up to them and say, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you because, you know, a lot of us when we're young, we, we don't feel like, we feel like a failure, don't we, especially when you're a new parent, especially when you, because you know, your kid's keeping you up 23.59 hours out of the day, and then they finally go to sleep, and the FedEx guy rings the doorbell, and murderous thoughts go through your brain, right, and you just think in your mind, how can I kill him in a way that nobody will know? And then you come to yourself and realize, I can do it, but I don't want to get caught and go to jail. Our parents need some encouragement, don't they? Our parents need to know, hey, it's okay when your kid throws up on you, okay? Or maybe maybe there's a loss of a job. Hey, I want you to know that I'm praying for you, and I'm going to pray with you till you get your job. Or maybe, maybe this young people or young person is dealing with just living for Jesus, we need our elders to wrap their arm around them and say, hey, I've been there. I've been there. I've walked that road. I've lived that struggle. Amen? Amen. I've lived that struggle. That's what this lady did, Anna. This is what this lady did. She fasted, and she never departed the temple. She lived there. I'm not asking you to move into the church, because that would be weird. But she never departed from the temple. She figured out a way to stay there. And let's apply that today. In other words, her heart was always with the the temple. Her heart was always with the church. Every word that came out of her mouth was about the church. Man, she lived for the church, didn't she? And then she said she served God with fastings and prayers day and night. And coming into that instance, she gave thanks to the Lord and he spoke of him to all those who look for redemption in Jerusalem. I love my elders when they talk about you need to serve God. Doesn't mean you have to have it all figured out, elders. But that's just you tell people they need to serve God. Amen. And elders, all right, people, that doesn't just apply to our elders. Amen. Those of us who are middle aged, there's a lot of us in here in middle age. I define middle age uh, anywhere between. 30 and uh, how old am I? 52? Uh, 85. (laughs) No, middle age I think is up to 60 or 65. Now that I'm getting older, I'm actually looking forward to my tax exempt status. I have a few years to go because I hate paying all that. But our middle-aged people, we need to wrap our arms around people and let them know, hey, I I may not be that much older than you, but I've been through that financial struggle where I thought I was going to lose my house. I've been through that time where I didn't know how I was going to pay my bills. But praise God, when I was faithful to him, he was faithful to me, amen. When I did what I was supposed to do, he did it for me, amen just like Richard was talking about this morning he is faithful this morning amen he even when i am not faithful he is faithful amen praise god we serve a faithful god amen we serve a faithful god Now I want you to think about something for a minute. We talk about Christmas and we talk about Jesus coming into the shepherds and the angels and all that. But the next people that Jesus was revealed to wasn't the king. It wasn't the queen. It wasn't the Roman government. It was two elders who stood and watched over the temple and prayed for their nation. That's who Jesus revealed himself to. Amen? That's who Jesus revealed himself to. Jesus knew who looked after his temple. Jesus knew who was faithful to him. Brothers and sisters, if you just keep doing what you're doing this morning, amen, look at you. You come to church. Some of you have been sick. Some of you are sick. Some of you are struggling. You're struggling financially. You're struggling emotionally. You're struggling spiritually. But guess what? The devil couldn't keep you down today, amen? You're here, amen? You're here, amen? And we will work together. We are here together. If I were to go through this room right now and say, does anybody not have any problems? I guarantee you not one person would raise their hand because we all have something that is struggling or keeping us down. But I tell you, we are waiting for that blessed hope. We are waiting for that moment that Christ is going to return and he is going to reveal himself to us today. Amen. Praise God, hallelujah. He is the revealer of hearts. He is the revealer of all things that need to be done. Amen. Jesus came and he was recognized. Oh, praise God. See, as they walked into that temple, not everybody recognized who that baby was. But the elders, they knew. Come on now. See, when you've been walking with Jesus for a long time, you see things other people don't see, don't you? When you've been walking with Jesus for a while, you begin to pick up on things. And those of you who are new to the faith, don't worry, it'll come, okay? You begin to see something that other people don't see. You begin to say, ooh, that's Jesus right there. He's in that. And people are like, what are you talking about? Oh, I see Jesus all up in that, amen? I see the Lord working. And you, they're like, I don't see anything. And, and you're like, wow, God has given me spiritual eyes." amen? And I'm going to tell you something this morning, and I want you to hear the prophecy that I'm giving every one of you. I see Jesus working in your life today, amen? I see Jesus working in you, amen? I see Jesus doing some incredible things in your life. I see Jesus doing awesome things in every one of you, and God is touching you. He's revealing himself to you, and he's, he's building you up for that moment that he's going to appear to you, amen? I want you to know, and I want you to hear what I say this morning, is that the Lord is coming to you. Amen? Don't get discouraged. Don't, I mean, it's easy to look at your life situation and go, how is God going to work this out? Let me tell you something. You don't have to know how. You just have to know that he will. I'm going to say that again because I don't think you're with me. You don't have to know how God's going to work it out. You just have to know that he will. Okay? Now, I want to tell you something. God is never going to work it out the way you think he will. God doesn't like to do things the way that we think we, he will. You know why? Because he's weird. Now, I know, don't get offended at what I just say. God loves to do, our ways are not his ways. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. Amen? He thinks in a whole different level than us. He is not going to do something the way that I think. There's been times that I'm like, thank you, God, for not letting that work out. There was this young girl once, and I'm going to get in trouble, that I fancied I liked her. And I thought, oh, man, I, I, I just, this is the girl I, I, you know, I'm not sure, but I think I, I want to be with her. And And she looked at me, and she goes, no, I don't think so. I mean, she it wasn't just a, like a slight letdown. It was a brutal letdown. Like, you stink, and you're terrible. And and she looked at me, and she goes, basically, you don't make enough money. And and you're going into ministry, and I know you'll never make money. And I realized at that moment, thank God that didn't work out. And then shortly afterwards, God sent me who I really love, my wife. And, and she came to me, and she looked at me, and she goes, I don't care how much money you make. I don't care about all those things. I just need you to stay always handsome like you are right now. And I said, Done. Done. I can do that. And I'm doing it. I'm killing it right now. Amen. I'm killing it. <laughs> Amen. I mean, sure, I'm about 50 pounds heavier than when we met, but I'm still killing it, right? I'm carrying it, right? See, what happens is we get so wrapped up in all those things and we don't realize that God is coming to us and He reveals Himself to us and He's going to help us, amen? Thank God He doesn't answer some of our prayers, amen? Thank God He doesn't do the things that we want Him to do, amen? But He's going to answer that prayer, amen? He's going to take care of that need, amen? He's going to take care of that need, I'm going to say that again because, man, I, I just really feel that today. He's going to take care of that need. Amen? See, the, Mary and Joseph, they brought the baby. And Simeon instantly recognized that this was the Messiah. Simeon instantly recognized. And Anna, when she saw the baby, she instantly recognized. See, when you're walking in God, amen. When you're walking in God and you're reading your word, you see God in things, amen. And I'm telling you, I want to reiterate, I see God in you this morning. I see God working in your life this morning, amen. See, I'm going to tell you something else. Simeon and Anna saw Jesus. Because they were at the house of God. All right, I'm going to kind of drill down a little bit here, right? Where was Jesus? He came to the house of God. Do you know why I want you to come to church? See, people get upset when you start talking about coming to church. They feel like, you know, attacking or whatever. But no, I'm going to tell you why it's important that you're in church and not just Sunday morning, okay? Sunday night, our prayer service. Wednesday night, our Bible study. There's so much information coming out of our Bible study. Oh, my goodness. We're talking, what's the subject? I missed it this last week. Healing. Does anybody need healing in your body? You need to come and understand what that is. Amen. Praise God. You didn't understand that. On Sunday morning, Richard does Sunday school. I mean, we're doing a lot of teaching. On Thursday night, we do Celebrate celebrate Life. And there's a lot of teaching going on here. But it's like going to a buffet and choosing not to eat. Anybody ever gone to a buffet and chosen not to eat? Or a potluck? I'm not talking for some spiritual reason like you're fasting. But you go to a buffet and there's salmon. What's that, what's that rice with the uh, kelp in it? You know what I'm talking about? Seaweed? Sorry, not kelp. Seaweed in it. You guys know what I'm talking about. That, the food, it's really good. And then herring eggs, and and then my personal favorite, biscuits and gravy, right? I'm going to tell you something right now. If I'm fasting and you put biscuits and gravy in front of me, I'm coming off my fast, okay? Because the Lord doesn't tempt beyond what you can handle, okay? You put some biscuits and gravy and some sausage in front of me, we're done, God. Praise God, hallelujah, I'm worshiping, but I need the biscuits and gravy and sausage, amen? It's like going to a potluck and night choosing not to eat while everybody else is just enjoying the meal see when you eat you don't eat just one meal a day do you you eat if you're like me five or six meals a day okay three but we eat on a regular basis because we're hungry and people are convinced themselves they're not hungry for god but we need to be hungry for god and coming to church fills that need. Praise God. You get filled with his word. Amen. We get filled with his word and, and, and say, well, pastor, I could just listen to a podcast. And, and, and let, me, let me tell you something about podcasts. I'm not, I'm not preaching against podcasts because there's some that I listen to. But the problem is you can't call on someone from a podcast and request prayer. Come on now. You can't call them and say, I need prayer, and the pastor is going to get on the line and say, can I pray for you? They're not going to do that. That's not how it works. But when you come to a church and you're part of a fellowship, there's a key word here. You become part of the fellowship. Um, You know what that means? That means I know that I can call Richard and say, hey, Richard, I need you to pray with me. You know what Richard's going to do? He's going to say, okay, pastor, let's pray right now. And it's going to be a 15-minute prayer. He's going to pray with all of his heart. I maybe to need a quick little prayer. It's going to be 15 minutes because it's Richard. Amen. I love you, Richard. I might call Will. I might call Sarah. I might call one of you and say, yeah. but we need prayer. We need something going on. And we can come together and we encourage one another. Amen. I want you to come to church because there's fellowship in that. Amen. There's fellowship. Man, every time. Every time I see your beautiful smiling faces, it just does my heart good. Amen. I love looking at you, every one of you, everyone. I love seeing your, except for Randy's faces and all that. Great. I'm sorry, brother. I mean, Helen knows. She talked to me about it. <laughs> I'm just joking, buddy. I love to see your face. I love to look at you. I love when you when the, I see the Lord begin to touch you. Amen. And see, Simeon and Anna recognized that. They recognized that that Jesus had come to their house. And they began to get happy. And they began to prophesy. And say, Jesus has come. Amen. Jesus has come. Amen. And Simeon even said this. He said, he is going to bring a light to the Gentiles. Amen. He knew. He knew what God was about to do. Praise God. And when you come to church, how many of us come to church with expectations? If you don't, then I'm worried. Amen. I See, I come to church every day. I'm expecting 50 million people to get saved. We're not there yet, but we're close. All right, I expect 30 million to get filled with the Holy Spirit. I expect people to get sanctified. I expect people to be healed. And even if it doesn't happen, guess what? The following Sunday, I believe that God's going to do it. Amen. I believe that God is going to move in this church every Sunday. He's going to meet the need of everybody here. Amen. Let's see. I don't have my glasses on, so I can't really tell if you're smiling or frowning, okay? So I'm just going to guess. I, I I sort of see some of you smiling, but some of you are kind of merged together, so I don't know if you're smiling or what. Because <laughs> my eyes are that bad. I need to go put my glasses on, but I hate them. Man, if we just recognize what God is doing in us. If we realize that Coming to church is more than just checking a box. Coming to church is looking at our friend and our neighbor and realize, man, I'm so glad that you're here. I look at my parents with mobility issues, struggling to get into church. And uh, I don't know about you, but I well up in tears. Sophie, same thing. I well up in tears when I see our elders struggling to get into church. And I, I look at them and I say, hey, it's okay. You don't, we'll, we'll, they said, get out of my way. I'm getting to my seat. I said, but no, no, it's okay. They said, shut up. Get out of the way. I'm getting to my seat. Young man, you may be the pastor, but I'll take you. <laughs> when I see our elders Struggle when I see Sophie struggle, but she's here. Every service, she's here, every service, she's here. And 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 people people they call me and they say, Well, you know, this church, I don't know. And now I'm saying, Hey, I got elders who are in their 80s getting here, amen. You know, whatever excuse you have, I'm sorry, okay? There, I have people who struggle, and they're barely making it. But they said, I'm going to get to my seat. And not out of habit, not out of tradition, not out of fear of God as far as he's going to punish me. I'm getting to my seat because I worship a holy God. And I'm going to be an example. I'm going to be an example to my young people. Listen, young people. For a little bit, can't we just get our mind off the ways that we have felt failed by our elders and embrace what they've done for us? Can we stop judging them and realize the same way we judge them, we're going to be judged? Can we love on our elders and appreciate the path that they have gone before us? See, my uncle and my dad paved the path for me. They paved the path for me. They made me what I am, amen. And then my wife came in and did it more perfectly, <laughs> amen. God, praise God. When we just look at our elders and realize that they're still coming to church, amen. They're still blessing God. I watch Richard. He struggles to get around. And I'm not trying to embarrass any of our elders, and I hope that I'm not. And he's still, he'll come to me and says, i got to get a lot done today. And I'm thinking, man, I, I, I can't hardly do half of what he does. He was explaining some of the maintenance stuff he does around the church. And, and, and then he said, I said, I, "Richard, I can help you." And he looked at me and says, "No, pastor, I don't want to have to do it over again." <laughs> that hurt a little bit, but it was true. <laughs> and Will was like, shouted, "Amen, don't let him near a power tool." He almost lost a finger because of me, okay? You didn't need that finger, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Amen. Can we just because see, the elders recognize. The church is important. All right, young people, get ready. You need to realize church is important. Come on, you need to realize you need to be here. If our elders are here, gone through life like they've gone through, they are the example. You need to be here. Not because I'm telling you to that. No, uh, uh-uh. no. Don't do it because of that. But there's fellowship in being here. Is it a struggle to get here? Yes. My wife and I have our best high-level discussions on Sunday morning. Amen? Anybody else know what I'm talking about? You know what I mean, a high-level discussion? Amen? (laughs) It's when when I make a statement, and she responds with a statement in a higher voice than mine. And we discuss it. (laughs) Amen. High. You're going to get into things that you don't want to get into a Sunday morning. It's a struggle. Maybe the car won't start. Maybe the kids are screaming. Maybe there's something on TV. By the way, I know the Seahawks and Panthers are playing today, and I've already sent my conceited defeat. I know we're going to lose, so it's okay. So don't text me. I already know. Okay, we've lost, but we can get to church, can't we? Here, here's the thing, okay, I'm, I'm going I'm to stay on here for a minute, okay. Brothers and sisters, we complain all day long we need something from God, but yet we can't be faithful. I'm going to say that again. We complain that we need something from God, but we can't be faithful to the very thing that he wants us to do. If you want something from God, then you need to be faithful. You need to be faithful, okay. Okay. <laughs> He is a rewarder of those who are faithful. Amen? Now, I'm not just saying this because I'm trying to get on anybody, okay? I'm just trying to teach you right now. Anna lived at the house of God. She was a widow. Simeon felt the compelling of the Holy Spirit to go to the temple of God because he knew Jesus was coming. Amen? If we knew Jesus himself was going to walk in this door, do you think people would come? Or would they think, well, you know, Jesus, the game is on. Or, you know, Jesus, I've got other things to do. But the thing is, Jesus is here, amen? And we put other things first. We've made other things more important than him. And there should be nothing in your life that is more important today than Jesus, amen? Jesus is everything. See, Nobody else recognized that this baby was the deliverer. Nobody recognized it, but they did. What do you see in people's life? What do you see in other people's life? Or are we too focused on our own trouble to see what God is doing in others? Okay, now I need to say that again. Are we so focused on our own life that we can't see what God is doing in others? Are we so focused on our troubles that we're not watching God move? Are we so focused on our own pain and sorrow and rejection that we're not seeing God do something in people's lives? See, brothers and sisters, the problem with Christmas is we've made it about ourselves, but it's not about us, it's about Jesus, it's about others. See, lastly, both Simeon and Anna saw this as a final personal promise to them before they died. This is kind of a touchy subject, so bear with me, okay? Sometimes we get in this mentality is. We want to see things happen before we pass. And I want to share with you today that when you're faithful to God, when you're faithful to God, he is going to bring those things about for you to see in your lifetime. He's going to bring those things about. Now, I noticed my elders are clapping, and I noticed my younger people aren't clapping because you don't understand what that means. Last week, two weeks ago, I was after service, and I got a phone call. Actually, I got a phone call before service, and I said I couldn't take it. I'll have to take it afterwards. But I got a phone call after service, and uh, I was told that my employee died you know that I work a full-time job and I have employees that work for me. And she had been battling a brain tumor and, and she died that morning. She was 52 years old, 53 years old. I tried sharing with her about Jesus. I tried talking to her, but she wouldn't listen. She rejected it. I don't know what happened on her deathbed, but if she continued the life that she was living, I, 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 it can't be good. And I got this message up here, and I broke down. Everybody was gone, and I sat up there, and I broke down because I thought about how there was so many things in her life that she wanted to happen. She was actually waiting for her dad to come before she passed, and she just couldn't hold on any longer. And I, I share this story with you as Just because you're not an elder doesn't mean that you won't pass at any time. People get into car accidents. Things happen. Brothers and sisters, when you are faithful to God, God is going to bring about those things that he's promised to you in your lifetime. He's going to bring them out to you, okay? He's going to, what has he promised to you? Has Has he promised to you the life of your children? Has he promised to you financial blessing? Has he promised to you the joy of salvation for your family? Brothers and sisters, as we get close to Christmas, here's here's the message that I'm trying to get across. Don't make Christmas about the gifts, don't make Christmas about whether or not you're able to do this or do that or have a certain meal. Make Christmas about Jesus. Amen. I challenge you. On Christmas Day, I challenge you to read out of Luke chapter 2 to your family. I challenge you to make it a spiritual event. And elders, I want you to find a younger person. I want you to put your arm around them and tell them that you love them and you're praying for them. I want you to love them, and I want you to pray for them, and I want you, them to know that someone besides their grandparents or their parents love them. Young people, I want you to find an elder. doesn't have to be somebody you're comfortable with. As a matter of fact, it should be the opposite, extremely uncomfortable, like I have PJ. See, I know Darlene laughs every time I say that. (laughs) She understands. Darlene has PJ too, so we both share him. Joint custody. (laughs) Go to an elder and say, I want to learn from you. I want to learn from you. And then those of you who are my age and a little bit younger, I want you to find a teenager and I want you to put your arm around them. You guys realize that besides the old man on the keyboard, it was all teenagers up here this morning, right? You guys realize that? You guys realize that? Teenagers. We have, we have a teenager here, and she loves it when I do this to her. But she, just, she needs a, a grandma or a mom just to put her arm around her and say, we love you. See, I can do it as pastor, but it's creepy because I'm a guy. Right? It just is. But for a woman to go and put her arms around her and say, we love you, that means something. And I'm not meaning to embarrass her. I would never do that. I love her and and Elena, her sister, when 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 our babies are here and we love them and we want all of them to know that they're important in the house of God. Amen? We need to be like Anna and Simeon this morning. We need to recognize that Jesus has come. We need to recognize that Jesus is here. And we need to recognize that he's coming again. Would you stand with me, please? Praise God. If all of you could just bow your head and close your eyes, I would appreciate it. If there's anybody here today, That you have not accepted Jesus as your personal Savior. And you would like to. Simply want you to just raise your hand. If you're here, you have not accepted Jesus as your Savior, I just simply want you to raise your hand and we're going to pray with you. Amen. We're going to move on. My next question. If you're willing to say, Pastor, I just, I need prayer. This is a hard time for me because of family issues or maybe I've lost somebody. And, and I'm tired of being sad. I want to be happy. I want to be joyful. Some of you may feel like that I was preaching right at you because for whatever reason, and I want to assure you that was the Spirit of God. That was not me coming after anybody. That was the Spirit, so don't get upset with me. But if you're saying, Pastor, I just need you to pray for me, we you just raise your hand for me, please? Okay, I see you. I see you. All right, you can put your hands down. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. This, where you are, I'm going to pray for you, and I want you to know that this prayer is for you. The Spirit is speaking to me, and some of you are struggling in your relationships Some of you are struggling financially. Some of you are struggling emotionally. And I want you to know there is healing today. Lord, what a healing spirit in this house today, God. What a healing spirit in this house today, God. Father, I ask you, in your son's name, God, you know the needs that are here today. You know the things that are represented, Father, and you know the sickness that has invaded our church, God. I'm asking you, Lord, to touch it in your name. I'm asking you, God, right now, right now, Father, to bring healing to hearts, minds, and bodies. God, if there's a need financially, I pray that you meet it, Lord. I pray that you meet it. Father, if there's a child that needs Christmas, I pray that you meet it. Lord, I'm asking you right now, Lord, that you move in people's lives today. Bless them where they are. In your precious, wonderful, and glorious name, I pray. Amen. Richard, would you come and close us out in prayer? I Understand, when it comes to blessing people, we're going to bless and take care of people in this church first. And then we meet the needs of others. Because that's the way we should do things.